So I went up from my meditation chamber and decided to take a walk around the Death Star to observe the daily operations, and I passed Palpatine. I said, yo, what up, Palps? He throws me a piece of and walks on his way. When he walks away, I notice he's got some toilet paper stuck to the fuck. Stuck to the fuck. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. That's the cold opening. <laughs> no, baby. What's up? It's episode 17 of Han Talks First. The original opening for this was supposed to go a little bit differently, but <laughs> there was a there was a, a technical error and then I forgot how it was supposed to go and then the sirens in the background happened, so I just decided to say <laughs> screw it. Screw That's it. how it'll be. Screw it. Screw it. <laughs> but it was supposed to be some other imperial officers were laughing at Palpatine also and I turn around as Vader and give him a force choke. And then the guy starts to get hard from the choke. Harder. <laughs> he says, harder, daddy. <laughs> and, and then Vader says, and that's when I decided to stop force choking people ever again. And it didn't go as planned, but I like the version we had. So <clears throat> if you hear the giggling in the background, that means I have a guest with me today. Oh, my God. Who could it be? <clears throat> well... I've talked about her before, and she's finally here. Yeah, and episode 17? <laughs> yeah, wow. it took you a while. Took, yeah, yeah, you finally convinced me. So you should know who it is by now. If I'm Han, she's my Leia. <laughs> Leia is here. That's me. Hi. <laughs> How's Welcome. it going, guys? <laughs> you were scared to come on. Oh, very. I still am. <laughs> uh, I'm, I stay afraid, but do it anyway. That's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's Carrie Fisher would. Would she? Yeah, yeah that's, that's. I think so. I think that's her quote. Oh really? Just yeah. Oh wow. I I kind of lived by that. <laughs> She's such a good person. Mm-hmm. She's a strong person. That's what we're gonna. There's some stuff we're gonna talk about today. But before we jump into it, right. why don't you tell me? Well, I know, but everyone else, <laughs> um, how you got into Star Wars because you're a sweaty like me. You know, you love the stuff and are really into it Mm -hmm. and love the new movies and everything. So why don't you talk about how you got into it? And, well, you know, I ask all my guests, what do you think makes Star Wars iconic? So let's hear it. Well, um, I basically got born into Star Wars. Not, a, I mean, not literally. That'd be kind of strange, even though I'd be into that. Um, <laughs> but my whole family, I basically was taught Star Wars as if it were any other thing, pretty much. And right from the get-go, I loved it. I gobbled it up. Then when like the prequels started coming out, I was like unapologetically into it. <laughs> I was... Um, I would beat everyone at Battlefront 2. I would... Just, I loved having like lightsabers around, just mess around. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seemed like a very cool. Like real escape. lightsabers are like. Oh, gift I had like wrap the oh. inner tube. Both, even fake ones and like air <coughs> air saber, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I know. I had like a whole like brother and I had like a bunch of sabers, and I would beat everyone's ass, but they won't admit it. But I definitely <laughs> did. I mean, uh, I even double wielded it once. So like, 
fight me. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I mean, I don't know. It's just always been kind of a cool escape to me, a, a world that's ever expanding and mm-hmm. just full of so many different things. And it is iconic and not only have how it created that world, but how it portrays it. The movies obviously have been such a huge influence on so many things on the like popular media and our world even mm-hmm. so like it's yeah. just been you can't escape it pretty much but not in a creepy way <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know it's just been so inspiring and it took so many little influences from other things and created its own little new thing yeah like even um not not just pop culture but even our technological growth yeah. and influence and stuff like that like i haven't aired well, the, the episode's already out, but mm-hmm. while we're recording this, it's not out right now. But right. I have a pre-recorded episode of The Science of Star Wars where I talk right. about how during, right before Star Wars came out, there was a um, a lull where the world kind of stopped caring about space missions mm-hmm. and traveling to space and putting people in space. And then Star Wars came out and... Um, shortly after that, people started growing interest in it again. And that's Mm -hmm. part of the reason why the space race started Mm -hmm. and why people wanted to get to space was because of Star Wars, because Mm -hmm. it had such an impact. So we started creating more technology and uh, (laughs) fighting other countries to try and get to space first and um, therefore put more funding back into those programs Mm -hmm. like space travel and missions to space and getting outside of our galaxy and comfort zone. And Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're right. It's like more than... It's more than just seeing a lightsaber on the toy shelf in Target mm-hmm, or humming sure. the theme when you walk down the street and influence other movies and technology, but also like visual effects mm-hmm. and animation and so yeah. much more. So mm-hmm. you're right. And I mean, also, I guess we're going to talk about it later, but just how the characters can also inspire people. And I guess now, even more than ever, we have even for people like me. I mean, I've always been inspired by multiple of the characters, not just the women. But for people growing up, it means so much to me to see them giving a little bit more space up to girls and showing Mm -hmm. that, I mean, the force doesn't really care if you're like the gender that you are. It's just a thing that you have and it's everywhere literally mm-hmm. it's it's the balance it doesn't it's not one sided is that what you would say would make it icon- what make it blah, what makes it iconic <laughs> hmm? i mean it's such a strong concept that of the force i think it's pretty much empowering <clears throat> and a little bit more like a responsibility kind of like i i guess to quote another iconic thing great power great responsibility yeah it's just about keeping the balance. It's not just about empowering yourself, but keep it, giving the, to those who cannot defend those and like protecting a good balance, keeping the peace. You know, I don't know yeah, if that makes like any that. sense. Yeah, no one's said that yet. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, sorry. sorry. I like how everyone has a different <clears throat> take on it because <laughs> you talk to some people and it's like the guns. I like the guns. Yeah. I like the effects and then you get to some people and it's a little bit more deeper than that so it can like change Mm -hmm. per person and i think it's great Mm -hmm. i mean i love the weapons but i think star Mm -hmm. wars is not only about the wars you know yeah yeah definitely so cool (laughs) on that note let me tell you guys what we're going to talk about today so we're going to jump into a bunch of the latest news and well 
not breaking news. It's been out for a while <laughs> since this episode is coming mm. out a few weeks after we're recording it. But we got some news we're going to talk about. We have some new characters that are, have been released. And we're going to talk about some of the Comic-Con panels that mm. are happening this year for Star Wars. And also some comments that the cast and crew of Star Wars has made in regards to Episode Nine. And on top of that, we're going to talk about the main topic today, which is Females of the Force. Some of our favorites on screen and behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and why they're so important to this world. And also a individual movie ranking. Mine and Leia's are our favorite, (laughs) our our movies in favorite order. So, and maybe a little bit of episode nine speculation, but we'll see where it goes. So. Let's start with the news. Mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge is out. Oh it has been for <laughs> like a month. More or less, Probably yeah. And now it's more open <clears throat> to the public and I guess... And it's still not completely open. Oh, not at all, no. The Rise of Even Resistance ride is still not... Well, Soon. I think it's like in two weeks. Yeah, more or less, So right. when this episode comes out, it's probably out. But that one looks... It's hard to say, but it looks like it's better and longer than the Falcon mm-hmm. ride. But and the Falcon ride still looks good. Yeah, that was amazing. And like all of my friends have gone already, and <laughs> I'm I, st- I know <laughs> we still haven't gone. And it's like uh, some of the news I want to talk about was it's empty. Mm. It's empty, and Disney wasn't prepared for it. They thought it was going to be packed. They've started cutting employees' hours. What? Yeah, they've been sending people home, and it's tough on them. I've been seeing comments and stuff that, um, you know, they were promised that they were going to have hours and they were going to work and get money. Um, but it's something like half of these employees are being sent home. The ones that were assigned to Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. not all of Disneyland. Right. But no, that makes sense. Specifically Gal- Galaxy's Edge. So they overshot what they thought this park was going to do opening mm-hmm. month. Uh, obviously, the press, the press opening... Did well. It was yeah. crowded. Tons of reviews, and it was all over the internet and the TV, and everyone had something to say about it. Um, and I kind of feel like people who had the money for the reservations already went, and then everyone who else who wants to mm-hmm. go doesn't have the money yet. Kind of mm-hmm. like, I guess, our mm-hmm. case. So that's what I want to talk about. Like why, why it's so empty right now? Mm-hmm. When it's this, when it's Math according to Disney, it's their biggest thing yet. Right, and. So I have a couple of reasons why. One of which is kind of off what you just said. It's really, really expensive. Mm -hmm. You have to make a reservation to go. And you have to, it's like 200 bucks to go, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's like 99, but that's without parking, without Mm -hmm. fast pass. um, The fast pass you do through the ticket. It's just the entrance to the park and then the parking and then whatnot. And then apparently it's like right literally at the edge mm-hmm. of Disneyland. So, for example, our my friend had just gone and she said like at one point she wanted to go back to Batu and she, it was just too far. <laughs> so oh, she really? didn't go back. Wow. Yeah, so she just went around the area that she was because she was just too tired of walking around. Wow. <laughs> okay, so there's that. But also, not just Galaxy's Edge, but the entire Disneyland uh, ticket prices have gone up twenty for twenty five percent this year. Yeah. That's the highest they've ever increased. So, it's not just that park alone, but its entire 
land of Disney mm. has gone up in ticket prices. So that's because of Galaxy's Edge. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, they have to do that because mm-hmm. the world's inflating and so right. they have to adjust. But I think the timing was bad and that's mm. part of the reason. Another reason is because I can already tell this, I think a lot of people can't, but there is no nostalgia in Galaxy's Edge. There is mm. it's all new based off the sequel trilogy, if that. Not even. You have the like Ray and Kylo walking around mm-hmm. and the new stormtroopers. But I haven't seen anything with, you know, Darth Vader or original trilogy, not even prequel trilogy content, like nothing. Right. Uh, there's been some <clears throat> Clone Wars stuff oh. and Rebel stuff, like the animals, mm-hmm. like the Loath cats and stuff yeah. that are hidden in the park. Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of stuff. And then the, um, what do you call them? The animated character on... The Falcon ride. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hondo. He's mm-hmm. whatever you call him. The, <laughs> I don't... the leader. I don't know. Captain? He's the guy who instructs you in the line mm-hmm. and tells you what's going to go down. No one knows who Hondo is unless you've watched right. the animated shows. Exactly. And it's just it's so weird to me. And I think that's where people are kind of struggling because they can't mm-hmm. see anything that they're used to. Right. I think once episode nine comes out, mm-hmm. we'll see a lot more of this stuff. And I think that'll get people to go because we haven't even been to Batu in right. any of the Will movies. We have it in episode nine? Is that confirmed? The theory is, and this was on Star Wars Newsnet by Jason Ward, that the Falcon becomes it does its final run in episode mm-hmm. nine, and its landing, its oh. resting place is in Batu, oh, and nice it can't. It's no longer mobile. And oh. it's, just, it's there, it's its resting place. Damn. And it is Batu. So I think that movie will end in Batu. Mm-hmm. Don't know how or why, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> that would make sense. And right. then I think a lot more of the scenery and the places, the cantinas, the ride, mm-hmm. I think it'll make more sense. Right. Because even the cantina, it's not no. the Star Wars cantina. Mm-hmm. It's a brand new cantina that exactly. we've never been to. Mm-hmm. And... On top of the prices, getting into the park is one thing, but then buying food or souvenirs is another. The merch is so expensive. The what? The merchandise. Oh, yeah. Especially if you want, like, your own <clears throat> droid. Like, that's even probably the most expensive lightsabers and droids. The most expensive thing is a $25,000 R2-D2. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to build your own lightsaber, you have to make a reservation. Mm-hmm. Even if there's nobody there, you have, there's a 15 minute window you have to book. <laughs> and if you're not there in 15 minutes, Bye. you lose your $200 what? and the reservation spot. So you have Jesus. to get there on time and you have to make a deposit of your 200. So even oh if you like, God. don't make it like you're on a ride or something and you're mm-hmm. late, you don't get that back. And that's another thing people have been like complaining about with right. this. But the lightsabers do look really cool. Mm-hmm. They're like the best ones yet. Yeah. Even what was it? The black series. Is like mm. the, I think so, right? the main one that people like to buy, but they look they look really good. I feel like the whole thing about not having the nostalgic elements <clears throat> in Batu might also be because they I don't I mean I haven't been to Disneyland recently, but they mm-hmm. did have like where Star Tours is in Tomorrowland. They had the Star Wars area where they would have the shows as well and like the Padawan training. Yeah, like that's like I, I remember when I used to go like when I was little they would have like. 
the stormtroopers Vader, like they even had Maul. I really, I remember yeah. my brother like beat him up, like and they had oh, to really? stop him. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. But and that's not they, even at Batu, is it? No, it's in Tomorrowland, and I think they still have that. I don't know if they still oh, have the really? same characters, but I assume they still have that. Yeah. But that maybe Wait, is they have why Star Tours in Disneyland. Yeah, they do. Okay, it's I like only right when you World, so I thought that was the only one. No, they uh they released re-released it with the new like they have finn and everything like they have the new lands as well so i really i think i went to crate last time i went on it oh really yeah no way i don't remember exactly i wrote it multiple times but like they do have the new like areas the new planets and whatnot oh and they have updated it completely See, and I know Star Tours is still doing well. Yeah. Like, that one still has long lines and everything. Yeah, and I think it's because it's almost, like, everywhere. Like you said, it's in multiple parks. Yeah. And it's also has the old and the new. Mm. And, like, I guess the old ones, they just remastered it because it still looks really good. I don't know if yeah. they completely changed it or not. But, I mean, you have, like, 3PO and R2 and whatnot. Like, it's just yeah. good old Star Tours. And they have the little, um, like... Right next to Space Mountain, they have that one, like, <laughs> super cut of just Star Wars as well. So, like, they have mm-hmm. Star Wars all over the park pretty much. Yeah. So, I guess they have, like, regular Star Wars in Tomorrowland. And they have, like, um, Star Wars World, like, immerse yourself in it. In yeah. Lot too. But it's kind of like you should be able to put some of the regular Star Wars in Batu. Yeah. I agree. That would help it a lot, I think. And, you know, it's just it's just... It's just California. I think it'll it'll make it'll change a little bit once Florida's opens and once Japan is it Japan or is it France? Probably Japan. I think it's Japan. Or is oh it no, Shanghai? it's China. Shanghai. That's yeah. the largest one. It's Shanghai. Oh my god, I want to go there so bad. So well, that in Tokyo this night. Shanghai is the last one to open, but I think it, those two will do better than mm. California. I think it's just California, you know. Um. So, yeah, I think the biggest things are it's expensive. Uh, people can't really relate to it yet mm-hmm. or at all. Um, Unless you're like a hardcore fan who can like right. appreciate it for what right. it is. Because like I, I know I won't be able to like um, relate to some of the stuff that like I have never seen before or mm-hmm. heard of. But at the same time, I'm still excited to go mm-hmm. because they have that cool immersive element, which yeah. some other parks don't have, like the app on the phone where you mm-hmm. can hack random things in that park. <laughs> And turn them on and turn them off. And they have the cool um, unit system where mm-hmm. you buy a coin. Have you yeah. seen it? You buy a coin <laughs> and you put all your money onto this coin and that's how you pay for everything. And you can interact with the droids mm-hmm. and you can have a communicator. It's really cool. I really like how it's basically a different way to discover new Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like you can read it, you can watch it, you can, I don't know, you can be in it. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess it's still... An uncharted land, quote unquote, mm-hmm. for ourselves, for like Californians, I guess, or mm-hmm. those who visit. So in a way, I'm not exactly too mad that it's something new, but it's like it would have been cool to have mm-hmm. a little bit more that we do know. Yeah. And I still think they have more coming too. like, of mm-hmm. course, Rise of Resistance isn't open and I'm sure there's going to be more rides or things to do. But right now it's kind of it's kind of a soft opening, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. since it's not fully rendered. <laughs> but um. <laughs> I'm still excited to go. Mm-hmm. I really want to go. Um, okay, so that's it for Galaxy's Edge. Um, we'll come back with updates on that once the new ride is out, and we'll see what people think of that. 
Let's talk about the new Sith Ooh. Troopers. <laughs> what do you Just think? first thoughts. What, what, what did you think? Oh, uh, so at first I was not super into it because <laughs> I thought you just put a bucket of red paint. <laughs> well, you sent me that uh, that video, no, that photo <laughs> yeah. of Disney Secret, uh, what is it? Uh, design, design template? Team, yeah. Design team, <laughs> Creating the Sith Trooper just drop bucket paint. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, from afar, it looks like such lazy design. Mm -hmm. But once you get into it, I really like the detailing Mm -hmm. of like the lines and the, sorry, the engravings on it. Mm -hmm. It's really cool, very streamlined, but, and it's, it creates the shadow effects that would normally be on the Star Troopers and just um, black and Star Troopers. Mm -hmm. Sorry, my throat is freaking out on me, so sorry. That's okay. (laughs) But I like the very minimalistic, like, lines in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really nice detail. But sadly, unless you're, like, looking at the figure really up close or a photo really, mm-hmm. like, zoomed in, looking for the detail, from afar, it just looks mm-hmm. like you painted a red stormtrooper. Like You got red on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's what the other ones are saying. Yeah. You got red on you. Um, but... Um, what was I going to say? Oh my God. I wish oh it had been God. a little bit darker and more metallic. Like I guess red? like, yeah, like a little bit more metallic? like phasma. Yeah. Ooh. Or like super matte. I would have loved Ooh. a matte stormtrooper. Like I like the shiny and I like the chrome. Shiny. Shiny. <laughs> but I want a matte. <laughs> <laughs> or a, tomat- a tomatoa trooper. That would be like yeah. a Bowie trooper. Uh-huh. That'd be cool. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like going on super tangents. Like That's just okay. That's what this cross is about. Crossover. Just make like Disney villain troopers. Like I want That'd a cool. Hades trooper. <laughs> Ooh. That would be so cool with like black and blue detailing. Like the lines of makeup, but have lines of stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. That would be. You know how people go to conventions dressed like, um, like slave Leia princesses mm-hmm. or like Jedi Rapunzel and whatnot. Yeah. Imagine if they made that for stormtroopers as well. Like they do, like Hello yeah. Kitty Vader. That'd like be it would funny. be cool to have like different villains. I too. bet there's already some like that. People do just anyway because yeah. some people are creative when it comes to that. I love those kind of crossovers. I, yeah. I mean, I wish I had more money to cosplay because, like, mm-hmm. I would do all of that if mm-hmm. I could, like, if I could make it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, my first thoughts were, um, I guess, the same like, lazy. I really didn't care. I just looked at it on the like first glance, like you said, not looking at details and just kind of like, oh, it's just red. Yeah. What's the big deal? But um, this is the debut character for their Comic Con mm-hmm. panel, so I kind of yeah. was like, oh, it must, it must be more to it. Mm-hmm. And if not visually, story wise, it right. has to. Like, mm-hmm. c- Make but up for it. <laughs> first of all, it's named a Sith Trooper. It's like red on the face. <laughs> There's. There's no Sith in the sequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. Even Kylo said himself, the Sith are gone. What if no one's ever truly gone? (laughs) Duh. (laughs) Uh, No one's ever really gone. What if it's Palp? (laughs) (laughs) Palps. The Palpy band. With the toilet paper on his foot. Yeah. Um, But for those of you who haven't seen it, it's the new evolution of armor for our Imperial soldiers. There are now nine different armors. Mm. I'm not going to name them all, but Stormtrooper, <laughs> um, 
Death Troopers, mm-hmm. the Black Ones, uh, Tie Pilots, uh, and then First Order Troopers, mm-hmm. which are in the sequel trilogy. Um, Praetorian Guards, mm-hmm. both from Episode Eight, and Palpatine's Guards, um, and then some more. But and some, the others and the others. I don't really matter. <laughs> but something interesting is they're not the first red stormtroopers. Mm. Did you know? I think I had I saw something about that, but I'd like to just so say more. the Captain Phasma book that came out mm-hmm. in like two thousand. It came out before the Last Jedi. Oh, like right in between Force Awakens and Last Jedi, I think. But there was a character in there named. Captain Cardinal, and he was the oh, first yeah. character with to have this red armor, and it's from the from the Phasma book. He was a deserter. He's <laughs> he, kind of like Finn. He yeah. he left the First Order because he had different ideals, and he wasn't he had a malfunction. He wasn't brainwashed successfully mm-hmm. like the other slaves were. Right. Um, and an interesting theory out there is that this new Sith Trooper red design was made as to not make him feel like he was special and to not draw attention to him. Like, oh, the red trooper that got away. Right. So he mm-hmm. has like a, a character. Mm-hmm. Um, defining them for him. He has I a guess. defining trait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now if they make more red troopers. Mm-hmm. He kind of gets lost in the mix, and he's right. not important anymore. So that's one theory that's out there I think is kind of interesting. I don't mm-hmm. think that's why, because right. they don't really tie in the books with the movies anyway. But um, that was interesting. Sadly, because Fastman deserves better. Deserves. Yeah, I agree. And some other things about this new Sith Trooper. It has more weapons. I think it, has, it comes with nine total. At least the, uh, um, the action figure does. We'll <laughs> see in the movie. He's all stuck up. Uh, yeah. Or she, or they. <laughs> yep. And you mentioned the details <laughs> mm. of the character earlier. Um, do you notice it has a new insignia? It's not the First Order oh. design, nor is it the it's, Empire. Mm-hmm. It's a brand new insignia. And I think yeah. that's going to play in too. Oh. And I think it also has to do with them being Sith troopers. Mm-hmm. I think it's a brand new section of mm-hmm. the First Order, or not even the First Order at all. It could be... Of the dark side. It or... could be Palpatine's, mm-hmm. like, right-hand men. Right. That's another theory that's going around. Because Palpatine's a Sith. Right. Kylo's not. Why would they be called Sith Troopers? Exactly. If the Sith are gone. And we heard, so we heard... That's what he was laughing about. Oh, he's like, that's hey, he's it's funny, you get it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. They were mine. <laughs> that's In his mind, he... In that trailer, that's what he's laughing. He's like, <laughs> wait till Comic-Con. <laughs> you thought they were all white. Um, Screw it. So yeah, Kylo's not a Sith. Mm-hmm. And we also know that he prefers clone troopers over stormtroopers. Remember he mm-hmm. said that in Force Awakens. Yeah. He was like, I think the, imp- the First Order would do better with a clone mm-hmm. army. And Hux is the one who likes mm-hmm. the slave children. Brought it to be troopers. What if it's red? I'm kidding. Wait, it's why? Just, I don't know, because he's the red, and he's like... Because he got red hair? He's a ginger? <laughs> he's messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> what um, if he's like egomaniac? He's like, I want them all red like me. <laughs> for some reason, I just go to that antagonist from The Incredibles. Oh, Syndrome? Yeah, yeah. That's what I think of when I think of Hux. Right? 
But like That's when he's weird. like a uh, ultra boy or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I love Donald Gleason, but I hate Hux so much. <laughs> he's so mm-hmm. annoying. So the, the name implies that the Sith aren't dead. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would agree that they're for they're Palpatine's own personal troopers. There's yeah. also a theory that they're all clones of Palpatine. <laughs> from, because in the, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was called Ashes of the Empire, oh. Secrets of the Empire. One of those old books is when Palpatine cloned himself. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard that yeah. theory. Um, and that was also brought to life in the new Battlefront 2 game. Mm-hmm. Um so, and we know from the old movies and from Revenge of the Sith that he liked the red Praetorian guards. Those were his mm-hmm. personal guards. So I think the theory is, it's a good theory mm-hmm. that they work for him because uh, the name definitely implies that the Sith are not dead. Right. Um, so I, I do think it could be a third party enemy, Palpatine's army. And the Resistance and the First Order would have to come together just to fight them off, just like they did in episode mm-hmm. eight when Ray and Kylo fought off the Red Guards. Right. I don't like that idea. It's a little bit... Because, yeah. I don't know, I just don't like the idea of them working together because they both hate each other so mm-hmm. much when I still don't know both of their goals. Right. So maybe that'll be made more clear. But, yeah, do you have any theories on how they'll be, like, used? I guess maybe it's not so much that they'll work together, but it'll be, like, another... Like, hurdle, I guess? Another obstacle to their goal? Like... Yeah. Like, multiple offenses on multiple fronts, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's very... Sounds very boring and original, but I kind of highly doubt that they would pull another whole thing where they work together. And especially if they're all... If they are red, it'll be too much of a parallel to it right off the bat, so so fast after. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm so interested to see how how it plays out because, mm. I mean, it's not. It could be something completely different too. Like we're yeah, not even maybe guessing. some misdirection. I, I, I mean, they do like to do that. Yeah. In, even in Force Awakens trailer, was, it, they I mean, were all misdirecting. Like we thought yeah. Finn was going to be the main Jedi, right? Yeah. And then it turned out to be Rey. And it's like whoa. I remember when they even had like the little cards with the information, and they had him listed as a Jedi but not Rey. Yeah. That was so weird. Yeah. I mean, I was down for him being a Jedi. Then he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't do much. And I'm like, wait, what? Do you think, actually, now that we're talking about it, that um, Finn was supposed to be the main character in The Force Awakens? Because there's a whole other cut of The Force Awakens. Oh, maybe. Appara- Did you ever hear that? They're not going to release it? Have you okay. ever heard of the Michael Arndt script? No. So not. Michael Arndt wrote the original episode seven script before JJ and Larry Mm -hmm. Kasdan were even involved. He was hired first and he's the guy who wrote Little Miss Sunshine. Mm. He was hired to write. Huh? I know. I I don't understand (laughs) it either. Um, He was hired and apparently when JJ and Larry came in, they wrote to that and they shot that movie. And at the same time they shot a completely other movie. And that's why they have so much leftover footage of like Mm. Carrie Fisher and stuff that they're going to use in this new movie. Right. Um, but apparently it was, they had two different versions and they were like waiting to see how people responded before they made a final cut. Um, we do know there's enough footage to be shot for an extra movie, Mm -hmm. but whether 
Finn was originally supposed to be the main character. That's mm-hmm. kind of my own theory. Right. Because that's how it was advertised at first. Kind like of. the year before it opened. I thought Finn was going to be the new main character. That is true. Um, and the thing is with JJ as a director and the whole mystery box thing, it's kind of like you can't really bank on anything being the way they're going to tell you it's going to be. Yeah. So I would like to see what this cut, this alternate cut is or what the original script was. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I I mean, Force Awakens is such a cohesive movie and it's still so close to like like a new hope and just Star Wars in general that I don't know how else, like using the same footage mixed in with other footage would have made another completely different movie. It would have still been more or less connected. Mm-hmm. It would just be a little bit, like a little strand going off, I feel. Like parallel in a way. Yeah, part of, part of the original script... And this part is true. Mm-hmm. The opening scene was the shot of Luke's hand floating in space and Maz Kanata oh, picking what? it up in space. That was the original opening for mm-hmm. episode seven. The, the, the credits roll mm-hmm. and then the, it uh, pans down and you see Luke's hand with the lightsaber still mm-hmm. in it. And Maz picks it up oh, in her pirate ship. Much, yeah. And that's how she gets the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, and the theory is that they're going to bring that back into uh, Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. And... They cut it from episode seven because that got out early and everyone knew about it. Oh, got it. And JJ was like, oh, fine. We'll just keep it a story (laughs) for another time, quote. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing that was in the original movie was the the, uh, resistance has their own super weapon. Mm. That is like a huge... The... um, the battering cannon in episode yeah. The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. That was originally the resistance super oh, weapon. Yeah. Hmm. And they had that in the movie. They were like building it or something, but it was going to be used against the First Order. Right. The Against Starkiller. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot done. And the theory is that that'll come back into play too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I think that's it for the Sith Troopers. Mm. <laughs> and we did a little bit of episode nine speculation, so there you go. Ooh. And so really quickly, I just want to drop two comments that Ryan Johnson and Daisy Ridley have said recently. So Ryan Johnson was at, oh man, where was he? He was at some screening or something, and he was asked by some reporters how they feel, what, they, what he thinks is going to happen in episode nine, and how he feels about them retconning his movie. And while we don't know if that's true or not, his response was, I want to let go of my expectations. I want to sit back. I want to be entertained. I want to be surprised. I want to be thrilled. I want him, JJ, to do Mm -hmm. stuff that I wasn't expecting him to do and just go along for the ride. For me, that's why I go to the movies, you know. Mm. Um, So what I take from this quote is that he wrote episode eight and had no treatment for where it was supposed to go or no ideas for where it was going to go after that. Similar to how JJ did the same thing. And he did say, JJ, that when him and Larry finished episode seven, they had no talks with Ryan Johnson about episode eight. And... Lair Lawrence Kasdan did say that whenever he would 
Brian would come up and ask, what do you think about this? If I do this way, Mm -hmm. if I go this direction, they would always just say, okay, and just let him go. So it's not just Ryan Johnson's fault. It's it's everybody's fault. Yeah, there was a... Sorry, I don't like when people just blame him because it's it's mm-hmm. everybody. They they didn't talk, they didn't communicate. And I exactly. think JJ just wanted to make a really good Star Wars movie and then mm-hmm. dip out. Right. Because I just think he wanted to executive produce the last two mm-hmm. and just have his name Sit stamped back, on Fox. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is understandable. And he made one hell of a movie. Uh, so yes, he did make a hell of a movie. The only problem is if it's part of a franchise and you're gonna have sequels, there should have been some base for the next ones to go off of. Like some communication, at least some details that should be included, any semblance of just information that he could have hold on to. Um, and then how you said Ryan was asking for input and for some like feedback on what his, his ideas were. And if he just was given, yeah, just do whatever you want without knowing like if it was going to fit in with the rest of like the storyline, it kind of rings a little bit of the prequel bells because... I mean, George was just said, surrounded by yes men in a way. And yeah. that's just not good. You have to make sure you have different perspectives, like feedback, I guess. You can still do your own thing, but just make sure that everything is going to mesh and become a cohesive whole, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. And I totally agree. And I think that's also part of the reason why Ryan Johnson believes he made the perfect Star Wars film, because in his mind... JJ and Larry were on board and thought it was great, right? Yeah, he it, did what he could. What just he like how George <laughs> thought he made the best the prequels could be because everyone was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. go, go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go exactly. for it. Um, and I think there just needs to be a little bit more challenges to the creators of Star mm-hmm. Wars. And also, Star Wars is a commitment. If you mm-hmm. join it, George always said, when you make a set of Star Wars movies or projects, it's a 10-year commitment. When right. he did the original trilogy, that was more like 12 years. Mm-hmm. Prequels took him 10. And he said if he were to do the sequels, it would have taken him another 10 years of his life, and he didn't want to. He wanted to spend time with family and stuff like that. Exactly. And when he did Clone Wars, that was 10 years of his life. Mm-hmm. Dave Filoni, who took over Clone Wars and now Rebels and now Mandalorian, mm-hmm. that, that was a 10-year commitment for him too. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you want to make a good story in Star Wars, you have to be dedicated and like pretty much put your life to it, exactly. especially if you're making these long stories. And we live in a society where we kind of don't have that kind of patience, you know, and right. it's hard to, especially when you're a diverse filmmaker like both of those guys, mm-hmm. they got to move on to something else. They're ready for their next project. You know, they don't want to be stuck. Yeah. And at the same time, though, it's not just anything. It's not something to be played with so lightly. Of course, it's entertainment and it's just fantasy but it's it's a commitment you have to be involved in some way Mm -hmm. or at least if you're not going to be involved leave something there for those who come after you yeah (laughs) yeah um sorry guys if it's clipping a little bit we're having some technical difficulties it's like um overheating on um our interface but i think it's working now hopefully that's Um, fingers crossed (laughs) yeah just Try and talk a little bit closer to your mic so we can avoid it. There we go. This okay? Yeah. Awesome. Um, Okay, next I want to move on to what Daisy Ridley said, and then we're going to jump into our main topic. So Daisy Ridley said this a couple weeks ago, and I loved what she said. It made me (laughs) so happy. Um, I love anything she says, but this one really (laughs) made me feel good. So she said um, she was asked about 
people's opinions on the movies and people that don't like them. And her response was, it's just a different thing. Everyone's going to have a different opinion now anyway on the internet. But I also think it's fair. If people hold something incredibly dear and they think they know how it should be and it's not like that, it's fair for people to think that they're done wrong. It doesn't mean they were ultimately done wrong. Ryan is a filmmaker and one person can't dictate how a film is supposed to be. But freedom of expression, sure. So that's a quote, and I love it because right. it really um, helped me out mm-hmm. because, I mean, you know I don't like The Last right. Jedi, and I've been very vocal <laughs> about it, but I also respect it as a movie mm-hmm. and accepted it into canon. canon. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's part, of the, it's part of the world, and right. I'm totally fine with talking about it and everything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's but, good because some people don't. I mean, yeah. that's part of the whole conversation. Like, you can have problems with something and still acknowledge mm-hmm. it and have it be valid it's not it's not a fight it's mm-hmm. not against anyone and i really appreciate what she said because so far um the cast has not really jumped in mm-hmm. on people's opinions and i think that's because they can't i mean mark right. hamill has but he was shut down real quick mm-hmm. um but john boyega um who's poe Oscar Isaac, Daisy Ridley. No one's really said anything about the backlash. Right. And I feel like they're just not allowed to. Also, I do too, it's yeah. like self-defense because, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe just for their mental health, to be honest, because yeah, they'll get attacked. For example, like Daisy and like Kelly Marie Tran, like they were at the back end of like serious like abuse i guess you could even call it like it's just unfair and it's not on them first of all yeah and even if it was i mean it's not it they didn't attack anyone they were just part of a movie that people didn't think was the way it should have been yeah and just how like um uh do you pablo hidalgo do you know who he is uh he's part of the Lucasfilm story group oh, mm-hmm. and he's been involved with the prequels and he's he's been with um, Lucasfilm for mm. a long time since right. the 90s um, he gets very defensive and he makes fun of the people that don't like it mm-hmm. and calls them names and Ryan Johnson has two mm-hmm. some of which are understandable but for the yeah. most part they kind of <laughs> generalize everyone into one mm quote minority of people that hate the movie and it's just all one group and so everyone including myself gets those name calls and even jj has said well if you don't like those characters that ryan made uh you you're intimidated by women did you hear him say that well the thing is it is most of the people who have been vocal about it like the very vocal ones Mm -hmm. have been the ones who think it's an attack on men Mm -hmm. and like it's the same, like, instantly, like, white genocide kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. that group of people that are the most vocal. So, in a way, it's not entirely out of the question that people would think that. Even though, of course, there's... It's not all black and white. There are people who genuinely do care about people. And they don't have a problem with, for example, like you said, Daisy Ridley and Kayla Marie Tran. And like, like, the women characters. Like, even Peter Nyong'o, like... But they have problems with certain other things of the movie or maybe like character elements. Mm -hmm. And that is completely valid. The only problem is when 
the people who are making like those cuts without women or without men hugging and all okay. that. Like, <laughs> That's a different story. Well, it's kind of related though. Like when those are the people who are most yeah. vocal, they're definitely going to go against that. And by saying they're going against that, some people take it, oh, anyone who's against the last Jedi, mm-hmm. they're saying they're the part of that group mm-hmm. when it's not really. Yeah. See, and like, not I don't, to say I don't not condone. all men or not all blank, but like, yeah. It is kind of saying they're going against those people. If somebody inserts themselves into that, it's because they might have something that they're not quite. Yeah. And see, I don't condone that type of stuff. Right. Like, I don't, when I talk about my problems with the movie and stuff, uh, like my problems with Ray, for example, mm-hmm. she's my favorite mm-hmm. in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. When I talk about my problems with her, it's never about her being a girl mm-hmm. or um i mean just that or the fact that finn is african-american mm-hmm. um when i complain it's about like just i guess i want more right. and i want a better story but what she said kind of makes me feel good that she mm-hmm. kind of understands where the people like me are coming from right and that um you know, maybe some of the cast feels the same way. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helps me too because, you know, like she said, everyone's got a different opinion. Exactly. And uh, it's only that doesn't make know? it wrong, you <laughs> know. Um, it also doesn't make it right. Like she said, it, just because you think you were done wrong, it doesn't mean that you were. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. I just liked what she said. She's, mm-hmm. she's really like She's really one of the wise. most level headed mm-hmm. uh, cast members. I think on the whole team and she's really careful and comfortable with what she says. So Mm -hmm. I I like that about her. You can tell that she put a lot of thought into it and she's assimilated it and processed it because at first, Mm -hmm. I mean, she did live, leave social media Mm -hmm. as a whole because of the backlash against her, not only from last Jedi, but from force awakens. And she said she's never coming back. Yeah. And I think, I mean, good for her. I mean, I know that even before, but beyond Star Wars, when she's done with it, like, I know some people will hold on to it. Like, it's really for her own mental health. Mm-hmm. And not, not a lot of people are strong enough to do that. Like, I mean, if I could, I would definitely do that. And kind of, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> and one last thing she said was that we're going to know what the dealio is Ooh. with her parents. So I'm excited she's about that, adopted. too. Maybe. <laughs> adopted and then unadopted. Oh, my God. So I think now is a good time to transition into our mm. main topic, the females of the force. Yes. Real quick, what are some of your favorites? I mean, I just said mine's Ray, and of yeah. course Leia. Yeah, definitely for me as well. It's kind of hard to say much because even though we do have quite a few characters in the Star Wars canon who are women and who are great characters, I feel like they haven't been given enough to do with the storyline enough of an impact to make or maybe enough like differing characteristics something that i found kind of hilarious even though in a way i kind of find it sad i guess on a like visual level is that most of the star wars protagonists if they're women they are (laughs) skinny white ladies with brown hair probably long and (laughs) most likely have a british accent yep and that's kind of like, is that George Lucas's type? Like, I mean, he has some splinter too. <laughs> like, I kind of get it. It's kind of common, but it's a whole galaxy. 
you'd think people would look different mm -hmm. and not just aliens. Like, if they're human, why do they all kind of look the same? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it's funny because it's kind of sad <laughs> in a way. But I do love how we're expanding a whole lot more. And now, I mean, with Rey, most of all, like, she's one of my favorite characters, not to piggyback off of you. Like, she's genuinely such a inspiration to me. She's pretty much, even though, like, I guess the protagonist trinity, I guess, would be Finn, Poe, and Rey. Even yeah. though, I mean, Poe less to an extent because he's been kind of in the background. Yeah. But Rey is, like, basically launching the franchise. Yeah. She, she also literally relaunched the Millennium Falcon. She's been doing so much. She's reviving. Literally. <laughs> like, she's literally revived the franchise. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's really awesome. And I think done in the best way, too, because right now in all movies, really, we're getting a lot more uh, female representation, mm -hmm. person of color representation. Yeah. And it's been done in a way that I really haven't noticed it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think that's good, but I also yeah. think it's bad. I don't know how to explain, but like um, when Ray was the main character of The Force Awakens, I didn't think about it at all, and I didn't feel any social virtuing or mm -hmm. like, hey, it's a woman. Exactly. It just felt so right, and it like was it's just a fact of life. It felt mm -hmm. like it wasn't. She wasn't written because she mm -hmm. because. Kathleen Kennedy wanted to put a girl in the franchise. It felt like right. she was going to be there the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really think about <clears throat> Ray being a girl until The Last Jedi came around and everyone started talking about it. So I think it was executed well. She was introduced well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think, I think it's off to like a good, mm -hmm. um, a good start. So and... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Just speaking of Rey and like The Force Awakens as well, because it it kind of before The Last Jedi, I saw like the sorry Jedi. Is that your <laughs> Yava. accent coming out? Yeah, <laughs> Yava. Yava the Jedi. Luna Mexican accents coming out. Sorry, guys. Um, so some people, I mean, kind of like it was kind of around the same time that like Fury Road had come out. I think right, Mad Max. The Force Awakens. Uh, yeah, like right around oh, yeah, that it was time. Like, it was like. Right after Force yeah. Awakens, yeah. Because I remember people like were talking, like I would come across a lot of the people talking about those two movies saying how it was like propaganda and like anti men, anti blank mm -hmm. because we have like women driving these franchises and like even though Star Wars it's written like I mean, she's just another protagonist. Like mm -hmm. anyone could have been like she could have been Luke, Luke could have been her, like it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. It's the character that matters. But I feel like people forget what Star Wars is about. Yeah. When they're like, oh, they're making like all these like militaristic white men, the evil guys. Like, that's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> it's about nothing. <laughs> so, like, they, like, these alt writers and like neo Nazis are like, I'm offended by this. It's like, yeah. well, damn right. <laughs> like, I feel like some people forget that Star Wars is about rebelling against mm -hmm. a system that makes yeah. you feel less than. Yeah. Like, I feel. Like, people really, they just want, like, they want to look at the fighting. And, like, mm -hmm. those people who do, um, like, idolize Vader and not, like, a, oh, he's a cool character way, but, like, as an ideal. 
Because there are people like that out there. Kylo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kylo, I'm calling you out exposed. You pasty white male. <laughs> <laughs> You'll cry baby and sell. <laughs> He'll grow. <laughs> He'll grow. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get bigger. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of funny how some people are really not self-aware. Like they literally apparently just watch Star Wars to fight. Like see some people fight. Yeah. Well, that's like a very cool aspect of it. I feel like they're just ignoring the context, mm -hmm. the meaning behind it. And I feel like it's kind of a perfect way to bring it to the modern era without making it feel dated. Because, I mean, it should have been like this the whole time around. Yeah. I mean, many of like revolutionaries have been women as well. It's, it's a teamwork situation. Yeah. And it all started with Carrie Fisher. Exactly. So let's talk about her for a second. Now, you can't... Yes, there's some problems with George mm. and the inclusion of women in the franchise. I mean, yeah. the golden bikini, for example. Yeah. But he also did make her a main character, so mm -hmm. we got to give him some credit. And especially for the time, mm -hmm. wasn't a thing. And during the original screenings mm -hmm. um, that he gave for his friends for A New Hope, um, he was told to take that woman out mm -hmm. a little bit more and have it more on... Uh, Luke, I'm uh, glad he did. not Han, because mm -hmm. he wasn't a star yet, but right. um, he was told, you know, like, you got to cut her part out a little bit. And so I think that's interesting. He fought for her to stay. Yeah. But much of my love for Leia comes from how different she was mm -hmm. from real life examples of what young women should be. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the fundamentalism of it. And why, like... While I adore her, you also have to, you also acknowledge her imperfections, exactly. which I think is perfect. And mm -hmm. as one of the very few women in the trilogy mm -hmm. uh, that was conceived and directed by a man, mm -hmm. she's still very much there for the men, both on the screen and in the audience. Mm -hmm. And she really acts as a a driving force for Luke and Han to both follow through with their arcs. Right. And while she has one of her own, if it wasn't for Leia, Luke would never have redeemed his father and Han would never have loved or mm -hmm. known what love can do and the power of working together. He would have been, he would have still been on his own because remember when he decided to leave in A New Hope, to, he collected his money and he was out mm -hmm, and right. Leia kind of was like, hmm, well, <laughs> then... I guess we'll never see you again mm -hmm. and kind of gave him a little attitude and like, well, you're not getting a goodbye from me type mm -hmm. vibe yeah. that made him want to come back. So she does it in this, this really cool way where it's like, you still need me around. So mm -hmm. come back and I'll help you type yeah. vibe. So I think she's really important. And Definitely. Uh, Carrie Fisher is like the only person who could have done she's that at the time. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. She was literally the spark that kept everything going in mm -hmm. a way. And even so, like, she did follow some of, like, the expectations of a woman, of a woman and a, and a princess, to be said, but mm -hmm. also did it her own way. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she, <laughs> oh, my God, I had, like, a train of thought right now. Got to get back on it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Woo-woo. <laughs> <Thought> train. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, like, she did also did do things to further the guys arcs around but she did it because 
it was something she believed in. She just couldn't go at it alone, not because she wasn't able to, but because things like these, you need more people. You need people to mm -hmm. believe in you. And if you believe in them, like that's what drives it around. Yeah. And even with, I mean, I have a big of an issue with the whole like job of the hut, like golden bikini, like mm -hmm. everyone does. And it's, <clears throat> It serves its purpose, but I like how also she's basically a breaker for own chains in a way. Like she, she's what, oh, break free. I like that. Yeah, yeah. like <clears throat> she, in a, I mean, I know that's kind of not, maybe not what they intended, but she does break away from it and use things. Like she, in that case and many others, she uses what people expect of her, like in her benefit. Like, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, um, I guess taking advantage of stereotype to further herself up, but not in a way that hurts her. Yeah. And subverting it. Sorry for using that word. I know right oh, now no, with like fine. the whole like last year, <laughs> I think subverting expectations is like <laughs> code for something apparently. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know. <laughs> but no, Leia is an amazing character and I love her transition also from princess to general, taking a little bit more... Um, initiative, even more so than she already did. Um, even though she will always be royalty, like, as yeah. it's explained in canon and also mm -hmm. in our minds and hearts, obviously. But to me, she's royalty. And she is. She's a queen. <laughs> but I don't know. It's kind of cool that she chose a title for herself. Yeah. And yeah. she is able to command more authority for what she believes in and to save others mm -hmm. for the good of the galaxy. Like, I think that's very powerful. I like that. I never thought about it that way. Mm. Okay, so I feel like Ray and Leia are going to be our main mm. points of topic for f females of the Force. So let me just mention some honorable mentions mm -hmm. before we uh, <laughs> continue with it because I do have some other things I want to talk about with them. Yeah. So uh, on-screen people, mm -hmm. people that we've seen in the movies and in the TV shows, yeah. uh, I just want to throw out well, there's Kira. Mm -hmm. From Rogue One. Oh, I was going to talk about her, too. Oh, okay, save it. Yeah, oh, let, me, yeah. let me get through this list, and then we'll come back to her. Um, Haldo from Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. uh, Jyn Erso mm -hmm. from Rogue One. Um, Mon Mothma, of course. Yeah. She was in the original mm -hmm. and also came back in back. Rogue One. Mm -hmm. uh, different actress, but same, yeah. same person. <laughs> um, the original one, the original Mon Mothma was played by Caroline Blackstone. And I want to mention her because I think she had a very significant role. She was mm -hmm. a, definitely, a uh, just like Leia, um, she was a woman of power, and she mm -hmm. was leading the whole uh, rebellion right. and in charge. And she had this like demeanor on screen that was like very uh, stoic and uh -huh. in charge. And when she came on screen, it was just like the whole room stops mm -hmm. and just I like that about her. It's kind of ethereal, <clears throat> but also very strong in a way. Yeah. Like almost otherworldly, like mm -hmm. some goddess, I guess. Yeah. Or like, like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like kind of like Galadriel that, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Like she would just come down and even though she's like in a flowing white dress, she looks like Julie Andrews. Like, you know, <laughs> like you would think she'd be like, I mean, she is also has like the soft qualities, but she uses them. Right, like she mm -hmm. does everything she does for to enhance the it actually enhances the power of her words and her like her influence and authority because it shows that you don't have to be masculine or harsh or 
anything to be powerful. Yeah. That's something I really like, that you don't have to be a certain way. I know that you're going to plan this for later on the episode, but I have an issue with the words strong female character being masculine and being um, unfeeling. And basically just people use it like you have to be rough and tough and Mm -hmm. not show any emotion. Like, I feel like there's a lot of power in empathy Mm. and emotion. Yeah. And knowing when to be soft and when to be a little harder. Like, it's all about the balance. You don't have to be one way or another. And yeah. even, I mean, I'm like the softest, like, <laughs> little. <laughs> but I like to think that I'm still a strong female person. Yeah. You know? <laughs> In a way, like, you don't have to be a certain way to be strong. Yeah. Like, just like, I mean, Luke, he's not like the macho right, stereotype right. at all, but he's still a hero. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that I really like about him. As a character, he's never been, even like later on when he, you know, grows into being more of a active part mm-hmm. of the story and the fight, he's never aggressive. Yeah. He's never <clears throat> like overly like made into the stereotype of like the regular action hero. Like mm-hmm. he's never a Rambo or like a Terminator for sure. Right. <laughs> Like, he shows that there is strength in different types of it. Yeah. Okay, so back to... Sorry. Uh, no, that's, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Tangent. No, no, we're going to come back to it. Um, the girl who uh, replayed uh, the character of Mon Mothma, the new one, is Genevieve Riley. And mm-hmm. I think she did a good job kind of recreating that same mm-hmm. personality and character. Um, other honorable mentions are, of course, Aunt Beru, mm-hmm. the, uh, the aunt-slash-mother figure of Luke Skywalker. Ahsoka Tano mm-hmm. from the Clone Wars and Rebels, and speculated to be in Episode Nine. That'd be amazing. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's rumored that Brie Larson would play her. Did oh. you hear that? <laughs> I, I saw it on your Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I never saw the news of it. Yeah, I would not it, be mad. It, I, mean, I, I rumor, feel like a lot of people would be mad, but I would not. A, be mad. A, a huge people form of people would be mad, but um, for all the wrong reasons, but. Right. For me, I don't think she fits Ahsoka Tano. I think mm-hmm. it needs to be a person of color for Ahsoka Tano, oh, mm-hmm. especially n- knowing her history. But that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Oh, I yeah. never thought about that. That is really true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's just a really some of her, point. just some of her background, how she kind of feels isolated and how uh, she's surrounded by humans in the Jedi mm-hmm. Order when she's a kid. Right. And uh, she went hide in hiding for a couple of years. Because she got kicked out, she mm-hmm. was yeah. of the Jedi Academy, and she was underground, underworld, mm-hmm. living. <clears throat> but uh, there's her, and also from Rebels is Sabine Wren, mm-hmm. one of uh, my favorite characters of all Star Wars. She's a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Hera from Rebels, and of course from the 1990s, Mara Jade, the uh, famous, infamous love interest for Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. She was. She was amazing. Uh, great story in the Thrawn trilogy. Um, okay, and then behind the scenes, people, I just want to mention a, a few. The lady who gave us Star Wars back to this, who gave us the sequel trilogy and rebooted Star Wars, Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Without her, we wouldn't have anything. So, oh my gosh, she did, it. Gotta, she did a great job. Gotta, gotta, I mean, <laughs> she doesn't do everything right, but we wouldn't exactly, have Star Wars without exactly. her. And Nobody I does think... everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. And just to be able to relaunch something to that degree, something this huge, yeah. that's amazing. And uh, I feel like 
she was the perfect choice for the job, mm-hmm. uh, especially with all the movies she's done under her belt, like Jurassic Park and mm-hmm. E.T. and everything like that. Um, also behind the scenes, some uh, authors. Claudia Gray is one of my favorites. She's writing a bunch of stuff right now. And also... Leah Brackett, she's the one who wrote the original script for The Empire Strikes Back. She is the one who gave us the idea to have Darth Vader be the father of mm. Luke Skywalker. Oh so without her, she she wasn't credited mm-hmm. in The Empire Strikes Back oh. uh, originally. Um, but without her, we wouldn't have that awesome twist Reveal, yeah. and what would continue the story. And she also made a whole bunch of changes to Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. So without her, we wouldn't have Empire. Right. Um, and also, really quick, Marsha Lucas, the girl who edited the original trilogy, also the wife of George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Without her, there wouldn't be Star Wars as popular as it was. And finally, Jean Bloat of the prequel trilogy. She's the creator of Watto, Jar Jar Binks, and Sebulba. Oh. I think she had her work cut out for her there. Mm-hmm. She had a huge challenge, but with what she was given, I thought she made three great, memorable characters that were brought to life, and the animation behind it is genius, and she's the one who not only created it, but did the animations for it as well. And wow. At the time, it was state-of-the-art, and it right. was on point. It was great. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, gender roles in Star Wars, equity versus equality, and what the meaning of a strong female character is, and also the stereotypes of females in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. But all of that we're going to have to save for another episode because we are all out of time today. My Leia had to leave, unfortunately. We ran out of of time, and so she's not here for the closing, but when we... When we have her back, we're going to talk about a movie ranking and everything I just said about the females of the Force. So expect a part two coming up soon with a lot of really good deep dives into what the uh, females of the Force mean to the Star Wars galaxy. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, And expect part two next week. Hope you have a good rest of your day and week, and I'll see you next Monday, and may the force be with you.